Look at Candace, all beautiful and dressed up. And I'm over here recording in my underwear. (laughs) I was super nervous. So I was like, I'm going to put on perfume. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. Why are you nervous? I don't know. Welcome to the Steno Talk Podcast. Your hosts are Anna, the newly certified shorthand reporter, and Candace, the court reporting student. We are here to create a space for fun conversation and valuable insight for students and reporters. Come with us as we dig into what it means to be a court reporting student and working reporter. So get your transcripts ready and join us for some Steno Talk. Welcome back to Steno Talk, guys. This week, we officially got the expert of interrupting here on the show today, so we're not going to want to miss anything she says. So here we have Miss Anna Fatima Costa. If you haven't seen her at convention or witnessed one of her talks or seen her on social media or followed her court reporting publications online, we're just going to get right into it, let her give herself a quick introduction, and then we're going to ask her... We have so many questions to ask her, but we're going to try and limit the time frame that we have here. But all right, Anna, would you like to give us a little bit of a background on who you are? <laughs> Thank you for that beautiful introduction. It is an honor to be here and to be with Candace and Anna. <laughs> yes, Anna C. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we agreed that we're going to say honesty for me and honesty for me. And what y'all do, are doing uh, there, and by the way, I say y'all because I, I can do it because my son was uh, graduated from Vanderbilt School of Law, so I love y'all. Oh, uh, and I want you to feel free to interrupt me at any point because I can go and just talk. I'm very passionate about a lot of stuff. So a little bit about me, I'll just give you an overview and then you can feel free to jump in and ask any any more questions. Uh, Basically, the short version is I became a freelance uh, pro tem stenographic reporter in 1979. I started in municipal court in Oakland, California, and then went on to Superior Court, various counties actually um, in the Bay Area, and then freelance work. I specialized in medical because I was studying to be a nurse for two years. In it was part of being um, at Merritt Junior College in Oakland, California. And I love medical. I'm very interested in how the body and the mind and you know the brain and everything works. Of course, the mind is not physical, but uh, (laughs) I love everything related to how we work as human beings. Um, And then I took a little bit of time off. I I married a core reporter. (laughs) (laughs) And I took a little bit of time off to raise uh, a a son from a prior marriage and, and our son. And but he had his own little office. And so I helped him at the office. I also proofread for him. (laughs) Uh, during that time. And then I was offered a position as the office manager of a national core reporting agency. It was one of the top five back then in 1998. And uh, it was on par with Esquire, uh, as an example. Did that for five and a half years. That was an eye-opening experience. (laughs) Uh, And then um, 
our salesperson left and, and my boyfriend at the time said, hey, you could do sales. I mean, you know, all these people, uh, you know, these legal secretaries, you know, paralegals, you know, lawyers. And so I went and ventured into sales and I did that for 10 plus years, both for that agency and uh, another one. Um, and then took 20 months off and wrote an ebook, Zero to 225 Year Guide to Writing Mastery. And wrote my first few articles that were published in legal media. And then I got recruited to be a litigation secretary for a 30 year partner and did that for 18 months. Um, and then I was recruited to be the office administrator for a forensic psychiatrist slash expert witness. And now I am a full-time coach, <laughs> uh, author, speaker. Wow, you're a go-getter. <laughs> done a little yeah, bit of everything. You've done it all. You've done it all. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it's like come full circle, right? I mean, yeah. yeah I've pretty much done it all. And I just have to say, because to me, this, like, when I looked at your resume and calculated it up everything, I mean, we're talking 40 plus years in the legal field. And that right there is just exceptional. Like, that's mind blowing. Yeah, thank you. Although I know that there are people that, are, you know, Brenda counts 52 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some mind blowing, incredible people, uh, reporters out there. I think there's uh, Shadi's Day has a list of all the ones that are 40 plus. Um, so I, I feel um, it's an honor to to still be out there and still involved. Well, and, and to get there one day, like be that many years, like in the in the field. That's like that's like hashtag goals, honestly. Well, given that resume, I I mean, there was no one else that we could pick for this topic. There literally is no one else. Really? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I saw your talk at NCRA, and it's been on my mind since then. So I am super excited that we're getting to sit down and chat with you. Oh, well, thank Same. you. I wanted to share with everybody why I am really most excited um, to talk to you. And I was hoping that you could um, speak on it. I know before when we had um, chatted, you had mentioned what are like the main reasons why we are scared to interrupt. And I feel like that would be a good segue into the questions just so our listeners can hear what are the reasons and maybe it's something that relates to them. I know I agree with probably like all the reasons that you say why we're scared to interrupt. So I was hoping you could share those with us and our listeners. Absolutely, uh, be happy to. As a, I became a certified coach. I didn't mention that in my in my introduction. I, in 2011, and in order to get certified, you had to really go into dive deep um, and learn about feelings and needs, because what drives human behavior is our feelings and the underlying needs. And also being an, an inner self-evaluating person, I'm always, I always want to give my best and do my best. And also recognize that I'm human and I'm not perfect. And there are a lot of things, you know, that I, that I deal with in my own head that 
I'm, I'm human. So accepting that and also understanding who I am. So I learned about the scientifically proven based trait, the highly sensitive person about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it was around the time that I, that I was getting certified as a coach. And so highly sensitive people, it's a, it's a, it's a real thing. Our brains are different just like ADHD brains are different, ADD brains are different, autistic brains are different, then the so-called norm, I'm beginning to wonder if there is any such thing as normal um, anymore. Um, but highly sensitive people are make up about 20% of all humanity and interestingly equally divided 50-50 men and women, boys and, and girls. Wow. I was surprised by that. And, and yet not when I think about my own sons. I know at least one of them is highly sensitive. Probably mm-hmm. the other one too, but he's very stoic. Mm-hmm. He's not as emotive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the core reporters that are out there that are men in the minority, I know at least one that's highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact because we're close friends. So that is... The reasons that I have, and I share this on, on NCRA, I also shared some of it with Stenofest when I did that um, in 2019 for Mark Greenberg. Some of the possible reasons why it's so hard to interrupt is because we are highly sensitive empaths, where we feel what other people feel, or introverts, where we're more comfortable being quiet and alone. And I've had students and reporters tell me I'd rather be a potted plant just quietly taking the record and never interrupting. Okay? Oh my gosh, that's me. I'm a plant. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, the other thing I've added recently, uh, based on stories, I, I'm always asking for input from the core reporting uh, community. And so it, it resulted in my latest article for the Bar Association. Uh, it's time for lawyers to commit to a duty of professionalism toward core reporters. And this is the first time, and I, and I listed three examples of very inappropriate, disrespectful ways that core reporters were treated. And I said this, and I, and I came out and said this smacks of rankism. I also should have included sexism. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of the core reporters are female. So we have male-female dynamics since most attorneys are men. Mm-hmm. Most core reporters are women. There is still, not everybody, thank God, mm-hmm. but a lot of that going on. You're lower than me because, you know, that's how they treat their secretaries and paralegals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, female. Uh, and... You're lower than me because I have a JD. Yeah. Okay. So um, lack of confidence. You know, if you don't feel confident in your writing, if you're not writing cleanly, and you are praying they're never going to call on you to read back, that's lack of confidence. That's going to throw you off even before you walk in the door right. or you sit right. down for the Zoom. Mm-hmm. Fear of failure ridicule and judgment huge because if you're not getting every word you know you're not getting every word you are failing every moment you're not getting every word right 
and then ridicule by others in the room, judgment by others in the room, and judgment of yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Embarrassment and shame, right? So embarrassment of speaking up because that means that you're incompetent in your mind. Yeah. You're incompetent. Again, that judgment. Shame and because, you know, well, Brene Brown just beautifully talked to Brene Brown from the University of Houston, the researcher who I met before she became a global phenomenon. I, I have a photo of, of, of she and me, she and me, she and I. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in one of my old phones, um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I heard her. She came and spoke uh, to a school and I bought 10 copies of her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And, and she signed them, and I gave them all away, silly girl. Um, so she describes the difference between guilt and shame is guilt is when you know that you're a good person, but you do or you say something that is hurtful or bad or has a negative outcome to others, you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Shame is where... So, if you feel guilty, you know that who you are is not what you do. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's a separation. Okay. With shame, who you are and what you do are merged. So those people are incapable of ever apologizing because they believe that who they are is bad. Mm-hmm. When they're in shame, who they are is bad. Therefore, to apologize would mean acknowledging the fact that they are bad, that there's something innately wrong with them. This is my non-psychologist <laughs> memory of what Dr. Brene Brown said, but it makes a lot of sense. When you feel shame, you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And shame, she says, is the driving force behind all destructive behaviors, gambling, pornography, domestic violence you name it fear of complaints by attorneys that's huge mm-hmm. because they they actually many of them believe that court reporters should be seen and not heard why tv yeah decades of you know seeing court reporters being quiet unless asked to speak given permission to speak that's a big that's a big problem Ms. Reporter, would you please read that back? That's permission. Yeah. Um, lack of support by agencies, huge problem. So when the attorneys or their staff call to complain, mm-hmm. agencies don't back up the core reporter. Immediately, out of fear of losing clients, mm-hmm. they'll immediately agree with whatever they're saying instead of taking the time to ask a few questions. So what happened? I, I really want to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to check in with the core reporter and let me get back to you. And thank you so much for, for calling and letting us know. And then mm-hmm. you do your due diligence and you ask the reporter what happened. You don't yeah. immediately yeah. side with the client. Mm-hmm. Right. When I did that as a, as a, uh, a manager and a salesperson, I didn't lose a single client. I educated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so true because sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, if, if I interrupt and they complain about me, 
then I won't get any more jobs from this firm. And then this is, this is my job, my livelihood. I have a family to support. And so, yeah, that's, that's very true. It I is, feel that. It's, it's an underlying fear. Mm-hmm. You go into the job feeling afraid of speaking up even before you say a word, right? <laughs> yeah. Because all of this stuff is under the surface, you know, back here. Um, yeah. Imposter syndrome. If you don't believe that you actually have what it takes to do the job, if you constantly are filled with self-doubt and you Mm -hmm. question yourself and and you're sitting there and you hear a word and you go and and you you heard the word, but it was like maybe really quick. And and you started doubting whether that was the word. Right. And then pretty soon you're into this negative self-talk where you're going down a rabbit hole and you're not hearing what's being said anymore on the record. And now you've, you know, you're holding on to all of these words and then you got to drop them, right? You got to drop them so you can capture what's coming at you. <laughs> it's like, it's like that, um, that old, um, I love Lucy show where she and Ethel work in the chocolate factory yes. and they've got these chocolates, right? Coming down. <laughs> And they're they're coming way too fast, and now they're sticking them in their mouth and down their bras. That's just exactly what this is. That's, That's me. Perfect. I'm Lucy and Ethel during a job. <laughs> That's amazing how like you just like spot on to like basically any fear that any reporter could probably have for for speaking out. That's crazy. Uh, and, and anxiety, of course. So uh, uh, when we, you know, when we talked a couple of days ago, uh, I asked the my employer, my former employer, the forensic psychiatrist, I said, okay, so court reporting students have this enormous, some of them have enormous test anxiety and working reporters as well when they're going for advanced degrees. And and then court reporters capturing the record also have a lot of anxiety and fear. And I named a few of these things to him. And he goes, oh, you mean performance anxiety? And I go, oh, okay. Because I said, is that how it's looked at from the perspective of the DSM-5? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh, it, it was our Bible, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders fifth edition Mm -hmm. and he said yeah look it up so i did and it's it's very interesting uh it actually states on page 203 if anybody wants to look uh, (laughs) individuals with the performance only type of social anxiety disorder so it's performance anxiety is it's part of a social or general anxiety so there's a generalized anxiety disorder. Not that we are suffering from disorders. I mean, maybe some of us are, if it's really intense. Yeah. Um, but individuals with the performance only of social anxiety disorder have performance fears that are typically most impairing in their professional lives. Musicians, dancers, performers, athletes or in roles that require regular public speaking, which is what you're doing when you're interrupting. Mm-hmm. You're in a deposition or in, in court, you're in public with other people 
and it's fear of failing, especially in public, and the embarrassment and the shame that goes along with that as in a quarter deposition reporter needing to interrupt for clarification of the record in a room with others who can negatively impact their career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the perfect definition. Yeah. So the question that I have, the first question I actually thought of to ask you was, has interrupting ever been a problem for you? Like in the beginning stages or even just a specific scenario that really kind of launched you on this path or? Oh, so what got me on the path of interrupting? Huh. That's a good question of being the speak up maven. Um, hmm. I would say it's why I got on the path is when I began uh, offering reporter of record apprenticeships to high-speed students, 180 and above, in 2008 at mock depositions and trials. And one of the things that, well, the number one task that they have is to speak up for the record. And I saw them some of them just shaking their bodies, I mean, physically shaking when they knew that they were going to walk into a room with six lawyers or, or law students and they are the reporter of record and I wasn't in the room. So they were going to walk in alone to this room to capture the record and later produce either rough drafts or final transcripts, literally shaking. Uh, and and so I realized that I needed to I, I had a, you know calls in advance and prepping them what to expect gave them all the materials they needed uh, did all of that um, so that they felt as comfortable as they could and even guided them through a breathing exercise we all joined hands before they walked into their individual rooms and so that was the beginning when I realized that's the issue. And then after I published my very first article for the Bar Association of San Francisco in 2015, the court reporter's dilemma, interrupt or drop, and I published it all over social media, I got dozens of responses from court reporters that, oh my God, thank you so much for publishing that, and they told me their stories. It was heartbreaking back then, and it's no different now. Same, same. It is the number one stressor of core reporters everywhere. Is there one of those stories that stands out to you from reporters that you've heard of? Well, um, I'm yeah, sure there's actually, more than one. <laughs> There, um, there is one from a young reporter. She, she had only been on the job. I actually worked with her. She worked um, as a customer service person in the, one of the agencies that I worked for as a sales rep. And she went through, got certified, was out there. 
and she called me on a Friday. I was getting ready to leave. I was going away for the weekend to a very special event that I had been looking forward to for months. And she was in tears. Uh, she had taken a job. It was, it was an expert witness all day long, a doctor. And room full of attorneys and her audio was corrupt. She had nothing in the audio. And she said, oh, my God, Anna, I, 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 I just can't do it. I just, I, I'm looking at my notes. And I know I dropped. And, and can you help me? And I'm going, well, of course, of course, of course. Let's just do, let's work on this over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I gave up my plans and um, she sent me her, what she had. And I helped her and I looked up a bunch of terms and I, I was amazed. I said, you know what? It sounds pretty good. You, it looks like maybe you got more than you thought you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put it together. But in the end, I guess there was too much missing and the attorney, the doctor objected. Mm-hmm. And so the agency had to basically redo the deposition and uh, comp everybody's time and the transcript for the second time around. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, it was devastating to her and her self-confidence. Mm-hmm. It really shook her. And I was really... <laughs> pissed at this agency for throwing a brand new reporter into a job like that. It's one thing to believe that to feel confident that they can do it because you saw them, you know, on the job, you know, she was very good at her job as a, you know, in the agency. It's mm-hmm. a whole other thing when they're, when she's supposed to capture the record and produce a verbatim transcript. So I was just livid that they threw her in over her head. Mm-hmm. And it resulted in this situation, mostly shook her confidence, but she also learned a very valuable lesson. She needed to interrupt and not rely on audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those medical ones, they're sometimes, like I said, I, I want to be good at them. There are times whenever I'm scared to interrupt, maybe I didn't hear one of the medical terms, right? And it's just, I don't know. I don't know, maybe some of our listeners feel like this, but sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll Google it afterwards. It has it has to be a word, like, you know what I mean? So right. I, I wish I was confident to just, you know, if obviously I'm, I'm not a medical expert. I Maybe I could just ask them, I'm sorry, what was, what was that term that you used? So then I could be confident that I, I heard it right. And I won't have to like struggle on the Googles afterwards trying to look for it. But yeah, medicals are scary for me currently five months in. Mm -hmm. So I I feel her pain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and it happens all too often. I I know of a couple of instances where new reporters were thrown into situations over their head and they ended up quitting these shining bright stars, you know, the future Ali Halls, the Rich Kermosans of the world, you know, uh, quitting 
because they were absolutely devastated by being thrown into a situation that's way over their head and capability. That yeah. uh, should not happen. I don't care if you need a body in the seat. No. You're doing a disservice to everybody. Everybody in that room. You know, the lawyers, the witnesses, and the court reporters. So on that note, um, I'm sure everyone, the burning question at this point is, how do we change that? How, so we've talked about what stops us from interrupting. So how do we reverse that? And how do we start to gain that confidence to allow us to interrupt? So I actually, um, there are three key things that, that we need, um, I believe that most reporters are not breathing much, right? <laughs> correct. A hundred percent correct. <laughs> so, and, and um, there is a book that I highly recommend and also an NPR broadcast of the, of the author, James Nestor, Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art is his book. And, uh, and he was interviewed by um, Terry Gross on NPR, if you, if you Google it. 34 minutes of amazing, mind-blowing information about the importance of breath, and in particular, breathing in through our noses, not our mouths, in through the nose to utilize those sinuses that capture all of the stuff floating around in the air, dust dust mites, uh, smoke, toxins, even bacteria and viruses to, to trap all of that. And then you can blow your nose and blow it out instead of air directly into your lungs. And when you do breathe in and out of your mouth, generally you're doing it way too quickly and you're taking in too much air. It also dries out your vocal cords, which you need to speak up. Right? <laughs> yeah. So when, when you breathe in and out of your mouth, you're actually activating the sympathetic nervous system, which jacks up your blood pressure. And also the amygdala, you go into fight or flight mode, and it's actually fight, flight, and freeze. So there are now three Fs. You're either going to feel like running or duking it out, which you can't do when you're on the record, but you definitely can freeze, yeah. right? You're sitting in place. You will freeze when you're in, in fight or flight mode. Um, so, and you're breathing in and out really shallowly up here. So not enough oxygen is getting into your brain, into your body and your extremities. So you go clammy or you go cold. You're not thinking clearly. You need the oxygen, air to calm your body down and think clearly and act. So the first thing is you got to just start practicing deep breathing, okay? In through your nose, fill your lungs, down to your diaphragm, and out through your mouth. You can do it out your mouth or your nose. We all just did that together. Yeah, <laughs> we all just did that together, guys. And is- you immediately feel, I mean, I have goosebumps down to my legs right now, to my feet. Mm-hmm. Just doing that one breath. Breathe in. 
it's so calming immediately. So the breath is one key way. Um, feelings and needs. How are you feeling right now? You, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're in, the, you're like this. So you're not gonna be thinking about your feeling, but when you feel your gut is all wound wound up, take a breath and speak. <laughs> okay. Breathe in and for the record, one at a time, exhale, breathe in for the record. Will the witness please repeat his answer for the record? Please speak up. The last I heard was for the record counsel. I cannot hear you. So using for the record which is what one of my apprentices came up with at a mock trial and she said it every time and i thought it was brilliant because you are reminding everybody a record is being made it's not because you're incompetent it's because a record is being made that you need to interrupt them and interruption so you, you mentioned at the beginning candace that people have this averse reaction to the the prospect of having to interrupt right right it's a, i don't want to interrupt that's so rude especially if if you're from the south or canada and some areas some other states it's rude to interrupt and so if the lawyers showing up believe that it's rude to interrupt then they may judge you for interrupting so I really, truly believe, and this is one of the things that I learned uh, and since you saw my LinkedIn uh, bio, I'd rather be proactive than reactive, right? Right. If you're proactive and you deal with stuff right out of the gate, so even before you swear in a witness, this is depots, with court official reporters, uh, it's different. They don't swear in the witness, but they can still claim their authority. And no reporter believes that they don't have the authority to swear in the witness, right? Correct. Okay. So even lawyers will say, Madam reporter, police, and go ahead and please swear in the witness, right? Yeah. You are the recognized authority in that moment. And I don't believe, except brand new reporters struggle with the words to swear on the witness, right? They say him over and over and over and over. So it's memorized. Even now, 40 plus years after I learned how to do it, please raise your right hand. You just solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give in the matter now pending shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I used to say, so help you, God. Uh, but I dropped that. Didn't wanted to make it a make it a religious thing. You just solemnly affirm, if they don't like swear. Okay. Um, you know that you have the authority to swear on the witness. Then use that same voice. And when you're doing it, you're sitting up in your seat. You have the full body posture. There's no question that in that moment you are you are the authority to swear in the witness and get this this party going okay so posture is a big part of it 
sit up. Shoulders relax, but sit up. Tall, breathe deeply. Because you need the full capacity of your lungs. You've got lungs wrapped all the way around your back. Use your full lung power and drop it down to the diaphragm. Because the diaphragm, as you will listen to that NPR, you know, podcast about the breath, that your diaphragm acts like a second heart. When you breathe all the way down to the diaphragm and exhale, like deflate the balloon, it shoots blood all over the body. Wow. I didn't, I absolutely did not know that. I didn't either. I had no idea. (laughs) So it has tremendous power. That's why you want to breathe all the way down to the diaphragm. And it's funny that we have to remind ourselves to do this. I know. Something so simple as breathing properly, because we breathe all the time. Breathing properly will help us better prepare to, to interrupt. Yeah, to interrupt. And... So let's see, where was I? Authority. Ah, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Before <laughs> you swear the witness in, you make a statement. It's, it's like your admonition, the Cory Porter's admonitions. Okay. They have theirs. We need ours. Somebody actually asked me to send them a list. Good morning. My name is Ana Fatima Costa. Uh, California CSR number 4826. It is my legal and ethical duty to both capture and protect the record. If for any reason I cannot hear or understand what is being said, I will interrupt momentarily and ask you to repeat, speak up, speak one at a time, or whatever it is that I need done in the moment, please stop and listen when you hear my voice. I mean, that just sets the expectation, you know, ahead of time. You know, this is what we're doing here. Right. So there's no surprise. This voice from nowhere, right? Right. And especially so what happens is I'm, I'm going to be co-presenting a, 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 a CLE, Continuing Legal Education, webinar with uh, attorney Joanna Story for the Bar Association of San Francisco on September 15th. And the topic is civility and communication in a hybrid world. And we are going to be addressing this. Um, there, and she, Joanna and I, we've spoken like three, four Zooms now, and, and she has brought up scenarios when she's had a deposition. She has spoken up on behalf of the Cory Porter because she could see the Cory Porter was struggling. So she spoke up. But she's also seen it where the Cory Porter waits too long and then throws you know, their hands in the air and go, counsel, and they're irritated. Right. Right. So (laughs) when I was in therapy um, back when uh, my children were young, um, saved my life, Uh, I had a wonderful therapist. She helped me to connect when I would I used to just explode. But she helped me to unravel. How did you get there? And it was all these little steps where I felt, you know, I asked them to do something, they didn't do it. 
And then I asked them again, and they didn't do it. And I asked them a third time, and they didn't do it. And then I exploded and scared the bejeebies out of them. <laughs> You're basically describing my day-to-day life. <laughs> our life. Both of our lives. That's, that's our house, right. yeah. And I don't want to scare my children. I don't want them to be afraid of me. Right. So she said, okay, at what point, when did you start feeling a little bit of irritation? And then I told her, and she goes, okay, so then what happened? And she, and she said, okay, from now on, what I want you to do is state out loud what you're feeling from the very beginning. So then I changed it to, hey, guys, pick up the crayons, okay? I don't want them to get trampled into the carpet. And they go, hee, and run all over. <laughs> I go, I'm disappointed that you didn't do what I said. So I'm going to ask you again, please pick up the crayons so they, get, they don't get trampled into the carpet. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to get a little annoyed now so i want you to pick up the crayons right now and they go they kind of hesitate and then they go run off one more time (laughs) and so okay okay i am at my limit so i'm gonna count to three you have until three to pick up the crayons am i clear okay mom so it was amazing just doing it was so empowering because all of the stress and anxiety was going on inside my belly. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so accustomed to the stress and anxiety inside my belly mm-hmm. that I didn't have the words. I didn't, I didn't have those words. I, I wasn't accustomed to saying them out loud. And that's part of the coaching that I do with feelings and needs. When we connect with our feelings and needs, which is the next part that I'm going to get into, we immediately release that anxiety when we acknowledge the truth of how we feel and then we don't have to blow up yeah it's powerful it is and so Corey Porter's a need to be proactive right out of the gate tell them I am the officer of the court and you can even say I am an officer of the court under state of whatever um or certified here's my certification number um, or an RPR, Registered Professional Reporter, uh, and you can use that later. Counsel, mm-hmm. I am um, certified at 225 words a minute, and you are right now going 50 words above that. So how many words would you like me to drop? <laughs> <laughs> Your choice. <laughs> right. So um, doing that proactive and then... As soon as you've got that, I don't think I'm getting it. That's the time to talk. Now. Do it now. Okay. The moment you feel it inside you. Because if you don't, your negative self-talk is going to take over. And pretty soon you're having a conversation in your head. And you're not hearing what's being said. It's like a snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got a mess to clean up later. Mm-hmm. So your life is the pits. If you have plans later to go do things with family fun stuff, no, you're going to be grinding it out. So what happens often is 
or you're going to be paying somebody to, to fix it for you, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So what happens in the real world is reporters, A, are not aware that they're feeling extremely stressed and they are not stopping. They're not speaking up for the record. They're not clarifying. Then if attorneys and judges, and this has happened, berate them for speaking up, then they go silent, right? So there's an embarrassment and shame. So they don't feel like they have the right to speak up anymore. Why? Because somebody in the room looked at them with a scowl or told them or said something derogatory. It's like, um, no. And if you have to stand up to do it so you tower over them, you do it, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I am here with the authority to capture and protect the record. May I remind you? Therefore, in order to capture every word so you all have a verbatim transcript mm -hmm. i need to interrupt and i'm only doing it for clarity of the record integrity of the record yeah put them on the spot they are no point. more powerful more important than you we are equal partners under the law whatever mm -hmm. their perceptions are that's their thing but then it's also very important not to take it personally. So this is what happens. Reporters take it personally. They see it as a personal affront. They, see, they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And believe me, I've got stories because I was a litigation secretary. And so then they shut up and then they glower, right? They're just throwing darts with their eyes. And they think that that's going to have any impact, but it's not. It's going to impact them because they're not interrupting and then they're then they go on to Facebook and vent about, the, you know, these, this lawyer being an, a jerk, an asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is totally understandable, right? I get it. I get your pain. But you're hurting yourself if you don't own your authority. Own your authority. Speak up for the record. Yeah, I love that you mentioned, like, if we don't speak up, we're just wasting our own time. Because then when we're editing, you know, it's going to take us longer. And then I'm pretty sure, you know, our listeners, I know I want to spend less time editing. I'm already new. It's taking me longer than a, probably a more seasoned reporter, but I want time for my family. I want time for my kids. I want time for myself. Right. And so it, it's all just connected. If I am not confident in a job and interrupt, then it's just going to backfire on me. I'm going to spend more time editing, less time with my family. So and no, you I make just... less money. <laughs> I mean, per job, if you think about it, mm -hmm. you want to make as much money as you can. Heck as, yes. As little time as possible editing. I mean, uh, in, in the meantime, continue to practice. Do your finger drills. Use the metronome. Uh, Jennifer Bilstein Miller, who placed 15th for the first time, she took the, the NCRS PED contest for the first time, placed 15th swears by finger drills and that within a metronome and that's what i teach my students do that S strive to clean up your your notes write cleanly and strive for speed higher speed briefing so you can write shorter cleaner faster clean is important especially if you're going to do real time and that's where the money is where the future is you want to keep working on your your writing always improve 
And I would Let's like see. to include for our listeners, I, I was able to track down your ebook. Is it okay if I share that with them? Sure. Yeah. My five golden rules. Yes. Of all the notes at the convention, I like circled that probably 20 times, like through the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll probably like provide a link or, or yeah. the name and all that jazz. You, you guys, guys are, are going to really... have it. Yes. Get that. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about the breath, how important that is feelings and needs um so yeah recognizing and this is deep work okay um but yeah court reporters are reacting to lawyers because their needs are not being met they are not they don't feel heard they need to be heard they need to matter they need respect they need appreciation for the work that it takes the skill level to do what we do. When you don't have those needs met to be heard, to matter, respect, appreciation, acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. So when we don't have that, we have feelings that come up. Unpleasant. Mm -hmm. You know, we label them negative feelings. They don't feel good. So then we tend to throw those out at other people, mm -hmm. right? And blame them for making us feel that way. But in reality is when you connect that is a you're you're the person in charge of the record, right? Connect with your authority, own it, speak it, your posture, your breath, speak with the authority that you have by law and do what it takes to make your job easier. And don't take anything that's coming at you personally. It's not about you. It's about their own frustration, whatever's going on behind the scenes between the parties or in their own lives, they're in their own bubble. You just need to protect the record. Well, and I find it interesting that I've seen more than once that our listeners say that to them interrupting means saying, oh, I'm sorry, or, oh, excuse me, you know, which immediately says, you know, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I think like what you said, saying, for the record is so much more important. Like it's so more indicative of what you're trying to do. Like saying I'm sorry shouldn't even be a part of your vocabulary when you're interrupting for the record. Right. I had a Zoom earlier with a reporter and this reporter said, I'm sorry about 10 times during a time, during a time that we were talking. I go, why are you apologizing? You didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't do anything that required apologize. I'm just going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep doing it. I go, oh my God. So we're going to work on that, okay? <laughs> Anna M. has made so many notes. She's like over oh, there so writing furiously. Anna, like a little, a little post-it. I was, I was going to ask because I know we have a question here that we wanted to ask you. What about backup audio? I was going to ask because I mentioned earlier, I'm like, sometimes I won't interrupt because I'll just, I'll think to myself, I'll hear it in my backup audio. And I know more seasoned reporters, they would always say like, rely on your backup audio. So is that just like another reason to even more like interrupt? Should we not be relying so much on our back? Because I've heard someone say, if you didn't hear it the first time, you won't hear it on your audio or, or you spend like half an hour trying to hear like this one word. And you're like, you slow it down, you higher up the volume so high and you, you still don't, you still can't hear it. So is it just best to interrupt right then and there to ask for the clarification instead of relying on the backup audio? 
Totally. Yes. I mean, that one example that I gave of the brand new reporter, Mm -hmm. um, she's not the only one. (laughs) Uh, Corrupt audio. You can't rely on audio. So it's, it's knowing, you know, knowing that you are the authority, knowing the rules and the laws, right, that govern mm-hmm. your particular state. What are you required to do as a core reporter, if there are any? There are a lot of states that are not certifying, but there are got to be, you know, laws with regard to core reporters. Get familiar with those and bring those up if you have to. I right? mean, that's knowledge is power, right? Yeah, totally. It's also about protecting yourself and your reputation. Um, what happens? And I'm just now. I'm just telling you all of all of my problems at work. <laughs> um, what happens? Should I should I have spoken up? I probably know the answer to this. Yes, I should have. Um, if I, I was in a job recently and I couldn't really hear the witness, like I had to up my volume up to a hundred to be able to kind of hear them. Um, and for the most part, they spoke, you know, clearly and, and everything. Um, and everybody else, everybody else's audio was fine. I could hear, I could hear everybody. Um, should I have spoken up before or like right out the gate and been like, you know, excuse me for the record, I'm having trouble hearing um, the witness or the volume can we go off record to, should I have addressed it like that? Like, let's go off the record to try to figure it out, even though we just got on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you already answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to do that. I tend to do that. Um, but yeah, I, and I didn't, yeah. I, I went the whole, I went the whole deposition, you know, mm-hmm. Ugh, I, I hired it and stress. Trust. Yeah. Rest out. So that's basically what, okay. So the bottom line of interruption is, do you want to be stressed the entire time <laughs> on the record? No. I was stressed out the whole time, guys. <laughs> yeah, really of was. course you are, because you're struggling. It's your job, right? <laughs> to get every word and you cannot hear. So you're like, you're probably breathing in and out of your mouth super fast the entire time. And yeah. your your blood pressure is probably hacked up, um, hiked up. Um, <laughs> and you were, you were in stress the entire time. And then, of course, you were going to have to figure out, hope that you got it, right? Yeah. And you're right, because I, I felt like, if I interrupted, they were going to think, well, what's wrong with her? I can hear. Or like, right. you know, okay. I, I can hear her fine. And I'm just like, well, well, I'm over. This is this is for the record. And if I cannot hear correctly, then we need to fix something. That's right. So <laughs> there have been uh, one or two stenaholics to, you know, TikToks uh, yeah. about this. Um, well, I heard just fine. Mm. Well, it's not your job to capture every record. So we're going to take a, a couple of minutes mm-hmm. or as long as, as we need to, to ensure that I can hear the witness clearly mm-hmm. in order to get a verbatim transcript. Do you all agree? You want a verbatim yeah. transcript? Again, ask the questions. 
And do it out of the gate because then if you wait too long, they're going to, well, why didn't you say something for, before, you know? Yeah, like 20 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> Actually, right. And so right. in, in that Everybody. moment, in that moment, would I have, because I know, I mean, do I have to ask for permission? Do, oh, sorry. Do I have to state counsel? Is it okay we go off the record so that we can see what's going on? Because don't aren't they the ones who put us or tell us? I mean, I put us on and off the record, but don't they have to agree to go off if, if I need us to? When you're giving your reporter admonition, that's not on the record. Mm-hmm. You're not on the record yet. But if, but but if I had to interrupt, if I had to interrupt, like in that job and we were already on and then I couldn't, I couldn't hear. Every time you speak, you're off the record, right? Okay. Technically, you're not on the record. True, you're stopping it, right? I mean, some people use humor uh, and, and that works because everybody's tense and that helps them to see you as human too, which is great. I'm not that humorous of a person unless you get me on stage and then I, a whole other personality comes out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, humor helps uh, properly, you know, dropped. Uh, and, and then you can ask for what you need. I mean, I think we could talk about this all day, but I think we've gone through all of our bullet points and really gathered some valuable information here. Like, I'm not even a working reporter, but just the thought honestly terrified me, even to where I've probably written up a couple emails to my teacher about like, hey, are we ever going to talk about this? And just never sent them, you know. Yeah, because we're just sent out into the real world. And we don't know that we need to interrupt until we feel like, oh, shoot, Uh, should I say something? And then no one ever teaches us exactly how to. So then we're like, well, crap, you know, like I'm screwed. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm slowly learning how to know when to. And then I didn't know how to, which is why I think like we chose this, this topic and we wanted to speak to you because I'm learning in real time. And why not learn from somebody who knows all about it, you know, so. Yeah. I already feel more confident. Like, I don't know about on the job. I feel like sometimes I I have to mentally prepare myself. And then I do that thing where I'm like, okay, I'll wait until he pauses a little longer and then I'll interrupt. But then he starts talking again and I'm like, oh, you know? And so by the time I know it, like you said, I'm probably too far in, you know, (laughs) and I'll just give up on interrupting. But I really should start like being more assertive and knowing when. And just like you said, like interrupt when I need to, right, right when I feel like is the first time that I should have said something, that's when I need to do it. And I just, I like the examples that you you have given us to, to not start with like, mm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, excuse me. Like, you know what I mean? Cause that's how I feel like I would do, I would do it at first. Now I just feel more confident. Counsel, you know, for the record, I'm unable to hear the witness. Is there any way that we could take a few minutes to, you know, look at you? I feel now I feel like All a right. badass. Look at that, guys. <laughs> right, that's it. Own your authority, baby. Because <laughs> yes. I'm the coolest As person you know, in the room. You're the most important person in the room. That's right. Yeah. So the more you use that authoritative voice, it's like everything else. Practice, practice, practice. 
The more you do it, you'll memorize the words. It'll be just like swearing in the witness. The more you speak up, the easier it becomes, the more confidence you have, the more lawyers and judges will come to expect it, just mm -hmm. so they accept you as the authority to swear in witnesses. Anna M, we're going to check in with you and see I know. how you're doing. I'm going to be... I'm going to be practicing it like just all the time. <laughs> I'm going to be practicing how to interrupt, what to say, like, like the, the, the smallest little feeling, like I have to go pee pee's guys. Now I'm going to be like, excuse me no, <laughs> for the record, for the record, the court reporter needs a potty break. Like, and there are, there are some attorneys in the beginning. They say, I, I like the ones that say, you know, they tell the witness, if you need to take a break for any reason, or if anybody needs to take a break for any reason, let me know. And I like to consider that like they're talking to me, like, hey, if I need a break, yes. I, I, I can, I can, I can interrupt and say, you know, excuse me, you know, I, I, is there any way that we can take like a five minute break, you know, bathroom break, stretch our legs, whatever. Do I say it? No, of course I don't. <laughs> you will now. But, but now I will. I'll feel, I'll feel more. I mean, and I like the fact that you said that you spoke to some lawyer friends of yours, because maybe sometimes we, we we don't know what the lawyers are thinking and it's it's good to have their opinions and perspectives because like now i know like hey i didn't know that they expected us to interrupt when when we needed to in order to get the, mm -hmm. uh, the record obviously you Absolutely. know like we know how important our job is so i'm i'm pumped after this i'm gonna go and be in the mirror and be like for the record <laughs> counsel yeah. i'm gonna be practicing like my my voice now That's absolutely <laughs> This was so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes, thank you I so much like for we, your time. I feel like we all learned so much and uh, about things that we hadn't even thought about. The breathing, right. the reasons why we're scared to interrupt. It's right. just like mind blowing. And mm -hmm. it's all connected, mm -hmm. all of it. Everything yeah. for the record. For the record. That's, that's why we do it all because yeah. So this was so informative and I just want to thank you again for being here with us and helping us educate our listeners and ourselves. I learned a lot from this. So same. Thank you so much uh, for being here with us. Yes, it was so oh. fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me and listening. Uh, as you could see, I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> we all just yep. unite and interact. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> that's awesome and that's what we want to do we want to just educate and inform students for what they are to expect coming out and then you reporters like me write out when starting our career this is to become the norm and then that way we we lose the fear we lose the fear we lose the anxiety we lose the stress and, and we enjoy our job because it, it's an it's an amazing job i love my job every single day every yeah. single job that i take and so I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited for the future of the profession, for our students, for myself, for all the reporters listening. I'm just, I'm just pumped, guys, to go interrupt now. I'm going to interrupt all the time. No, not all the time. I'm just kidding. But every time that I need to interrupt, I am now more confident to do it. So oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yes. And thank you so much. My group. Yes. You know, the record. Anyone who's listening, join us. It's a small community right now because I haven't spent a whole lot of time growing it mm -hmm. but join us at speak up for the record on facebook and um post your stories and that's it for this week's episode thank you all for tuning in and listening don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave us a review 
Also, check out our Instagram and Facebook, both at Stenotalk Podcast. And shoot us an email at stenotalkpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or ideas for the show. We would love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, Steno Tribe, stay motivated, stay on your machine, and practice, practice, practice. Ready? Vegan. Are we doing this? We're winging it. I'm winging it, guys.